Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned Women's UCI Cycling World Show. My name is Dan and with me as always to explain all things team time trial, individual time trial, junior time trial, road race and everything else in between and around is my dear friend Sarah. Hi Sarah. Hello. Oh, it's World Week, Dan. It's Worlds. It's Worlds. I'm so happy. It's Worlds. It's brilliant. It's Worlds. Oh my God, I don't know what to talk about first. Everything I know. There's just, there's me. nothing going on. It's like, you know, it's like everyone from every every racing nation in the world has just gone to one location and, and disappeared. Oh, it's so good. You know what? This week, I'm not even going to feel a smidgen of rage. Well, I okay, I'm just previewing it for you. I've got some rage to spare, but we'll get to that later on. In the meantime, how about we kick off with, uh, well, the same event that the world's kicked off with, the, t- the team tri- time trial. Or do we have to oh. call it the trade team time trial? The trade team team time trial. T-T-T-T-T. But, what, yes, but is it four Ts tra- or five Ts? Is it the trade team team time trial or is it the trade team time trial? Trade team, team, time trial. Five T's. Five T's. So team has to be in twice. We have to double team it. Trade team, team, time trial. (laughs) For those of you who got that joke, naughty. (laughs) I didn't. I'll explain it to you after we've recorded. Okay. Um, Was it a joke about trade? A particular type of trade, yeah, sure. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, now, uh, oh, there is a bit of rage. We'll start off with it. Now, we didn't get to see this on television, dear, dear listener. Or on the internet, dear listener. Or, you and know, recently, anywhere. Because, no, you know, I'm, live live streaming video turns out in the UCIA uh, definitions doesn't necessarily mean it's live. No, now, this is an interesting thing. And I do have a task for you, dear listener, okay? Here's no one, task. No one told me there'd be homework. The UCI, so we emailed, um, lovely joke, we, we went out to watch it, which was frustrating because journalists like Stephen Farrand were, were watching it in the press room and it was all filmed. It's just that what happened with the Worlds, the Worlds is the only, one of the few races the UCI controls, they sold a package of TV coverage to stations. And then it's up to stations, of course, how they show things, um, some show everything, some show nothing, and you know, and and then if you, your country hasn't bought the station, you can hasn't bought the package, you can watch it live streaming on the UCI site. However, they chose not to put the trade team team time trial into the package for some reason. Now, lovely Jane Aubrey, who's a jur- Aussie journalist for Cycling News, tweeted who we could ask about this, and people have got replies back saying, "Oh, we're really sorry, we wanted to, but it's your own host broadcaster's fault." Well, that's interesting because I thought we'd heard from several host broadcasters that they didn't receive anything to air. Well, we know that this isn't true because Rice, Rice Sport 2, for example, had booked out the whole morning and they ended up showing some Grand Fondo or something because they didn't get the, the, the coverage. And they'd, they'd booked in Luisa Tamanini to talk. You know, it was like they'd, they'd done it properly, but they didn't get the coverage. And their journalists were, were, were basically taking a lot of flack from why, why aren't you showing us this? So your homework, dear listener, if you fancy um, sending an email to the place that Jane Aubrey does saying, hey, why didn't we get to see it? And then when you get the answer saying it wasn't our fault, Emailing it onto your broadcaster, for example, the BBC or SBS, saying, "Hey, this is what the UCI said. This is what we've been told." 
why why wasn't this shown? Then do that because it'll cause loads of chaos and we can share the re- results and it'll be funny, but really they shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. Well, true. That's- and if, if someone's lying, then, you know, they should be exposed as a lying liar who tells lies. Yes. But that's my rant over about the trade team time. I mean, the well, reason no I score that rant. I score that rant a 2.0 out of 10. Uh- uh, it, that was a pretty shit rant, to be honest. But, oh. but that's okay, because you, you wanted a happy, positive, yay for worlds show. That's fine. Yes. It's like it's in, it's in keeping with what you wanted. I'll show you how to rant up to a, a good seven, maybe an eight later on. Excellent. Mm. I mean, I the reason I wanted to watch this is because the course was, the course started out, about 42 kilometer course, started out pretty much flat and long amongst the run-ins of Florence. And then it went lots of little sharp corners. So what I wanted to see was how a team like Specialized Lululemon takes the corners and especially how Rabobank Lift Giant took the corners. Well, I know this was your big prediction for the, the team time trial was that, um, that Rabobank, given the, the number of exceptional bike handlers, you know, like, for example, Mariana Voss being able to manipulate her bike through willpower alone, uh, you know, tearing holes in the time-space continuum to change position and stuff. Uh, you know, whether or not that would give them any particular advantage in uh, in the second part of the course. Oh, it totally did. I mean, the t- the trade team team time trial is all about... I mean, you know, we, we've, we've told you the rule for TTTs before, haven't we? Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we're actually getting close to the point where we can coin it as a law. I just want to know what we call it. You know, can we call it the unofficial unsanctioned cycling law or something like that? I, that the would unofficial be cool. unsanctioned TTT law. I like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Cool. But, but what is the unofficial unsanctioned TTT law? If there's a TTT, then specialised little lemon are going to win it. Yeah, that is the law. Now, if, dear listener, if you're not used to the worlds, the trade, the team time trial, it's a race where you've got six riders on the team racing a course um, against the clock. They set out at, um, I think, about two-minute intervals, something like that, one-minute intervals maybe, and they ride along a course together, and it's the first four riders from each team that are counted for their time. The time's counted on the last, the fourth rider to cross the line, yeah? Yep. So you could have a rider who goes really, really hard in the beginning and then just drops out to soft pedal home because she's done her first move. And most of the world championships are national um, teams, but this is the trade team team yep. time trial. And this is also one of the reasons why it's frustrating it's not on TV, because this is a chance for sponsors to get some love. You know, and I think it was introduced like that so that sponsors did get some love. Yeah, in the get world. get some exposure in worlds because it's such a, a big, as we we said, festival of cycling. I mean, it's a whole week of of the best in the world gathered to compete at all sorts of disciplines. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it is that that rolling pace line kind of thing. And as you say, they can drop up to two riders and still still you know cross the line with a, a viable team to to secure a time. So uh, it's a pretty interesting spectacle because it's one that you can have like an exceptional time trialist like Ellen Van Dyke on your team. Uh, but if she's so strong that the rest of the team can't keep up with her, then you lose the benefit of that in a way. Yeah, and this is why I wanted to see how Rabobank went through the corners. I mean, specialised. The other thing is, is that when we say, "Oh, yeah, the rule is that specialised Lululemon win," that's not because everyone else isn't trying. I mean, the women have a team time trial as part of the World Cup series, the Open de Suède Vagoda. And it's been 
fascinating because um, when Swed start, when Vagorda started, the first three years it was won by by Cervelo Test Team, and I just got to have my momentary hand on heart. Oh, Sarah's nostalgic for her favourite team ever. Um, but well, they really were my favourite team ever. But yeah, it, it's and, it's also turned into one of those disciplines that's highly contested these days because um, Cervelo Test Team were so dominant uh, when when they were around that more and more teams have identified it as an event at which they can then really focus on and um, and excel at. Yeah, and I mean, especially when it was always important as a World Cup round, but now it's the World Cup and back in the Worlds. You know, and it's and for a lot of riders, this was the last race of the year. You know, getting picked, but you, I mean, if, imagine if you're Dutch or somewhere. You know, if you're Dutch or Italian, you you have a really hard time getting picked by your national squad because, you know, say you're taking six riders, for example, to the Worlds, you know, the top, you know, the seventh best Dutch rider is probably better than a lot of people's, you know, other countries number two. Yep. You know, it's it's really hard, but this is a really good opportunity for a lot of riders. And, you know, for countries, oh, I do have another rant. For countries like the UK, where <laughs> for some reason we've decided not to take as many, you know, we've got places, yep. we can take riders, but we've decided we don't can't be asked. Well, travelling um, traveling to mainland Europe is just so hard for you guys. It's just such a long what? way I, to go. The best example I've seen is that, is that the British cycling doesn't care about stuff that doesn't help them towards the Olympics. Yeah. But, you know, there were riders. Anyway, no ranting, no ranting. It's all happy, happy, joy, joy. <laughs> happy, you happy, don't sound like you're someone in denial at all. <laughs> God, that uh, just be Sarah's, Sarah's just that person on the street corner ranting to herself, just stay happy, just stay happy, be happy, happy, joy, happy, happy, yay, team time trial, yay, happy, happy, happy. <laughs> and then someone walks past and says, "Hey, Mister Cookson," and then she's just like, "Cookson, you see that? Happy, happy, happy." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a really good. It's you know, and and it, it's the last chance to race with your 2013 team because even if you're staying in the same team next year, a lot of riders aren't. And then there were all these riders like Yannicka Busakarnis from um, one, from Skilago, from Argos Shimano and Adri Visser from Bulls Dorman who were retiring. At, this was their last race. What an amazing last race to have. That Just, would be pretty awesome. Know, it, it, honestly, it's, it's, it's a great way to, like, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. That would be a fantastic way to wind up your career. Mm. Mm. So, so... And so after after Cervelo dominated the um, the Vigorda and any team time trials, when they disbanded, and Garmin, blah, no, no, not thinking, <laughs> no not ranting, no that. ranting. <laughs> and yeah, um, when that happened, HTC High Road stepped up and started winning, and HTC High Road obviously morphed into Specialized Lululemon, and. It's been very interesting because they've lost a lot of the powerhouses of the team. You know, um, Ineoko Teutenberg sadly is 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 still is still out injured, and you know, you'd aunt who'd been a moved to moved to Orica LIS last year and retired, and you know, it's it's an interesting thing because there's a lot of riders in there who are new, who who are kind of they've had to almost reshape the team from the start. So, but at the same time as they've been fantastic, everyone else has stepped up. The trouble is, is that so had specialised Lululemon. <laughs> so every team time trial, like Orica AIS, have been working really hard on it. Mm, Rabobank, mm. 
you know, they it, yep. it's just it's a really good opportunity. Well, those to... those two teams in particular have basically spent the last two years really focusing on the the TTT in an attempt to to you know get to that same level as as Specialized Lulu and then you know hopefully beat them, which has turned it into a really interesting sort of you know always guaranteed that there's a there's a good handful of teams that are in the mix competitively. Uh, it was also interesting, you know, we talked about it a few weeks back when uh, it came out that Wiggle Honda were really focusing on the, the TTT as an opportunity for them to, you know, uh, well, they said win, we thought, you know, they'll be lucky to podium. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's, and, and what was, and the other, the other thing about it is, you know, you're watching it and each team has a different plan. And in the first half, you know, um, the, it was looking like, uh, uh, well, in the first in the first checkpoint, Orica LIS were ahead of Rabobank, mm, mm. and I. This is where I'm so smug, Dan, because I said <laughs> the that actually I think Orica and people go, oh, that that's it sewn up. You know, one special, just like last year on the podium, one specialized, two Orica, three Rabobank. But I was like, no, no, because the second half. Once they got into the bit with tight, tight, tight corners, it's completely flat, so perfect for the Dutch. You know, and it's lots and lots of tight corners. And they just stacked their team with not necessarily the, the team that you'd pick. And then you realise, actually, these are riders who are really, really good at crits. Mm, mm. And, you know, and it's about, it, took about, it took about 50 minutes to race. And it's got a lot of corners in the end. Actually, that's perfect for those crit riders, isn't it? Yeah, and the yeah. Thing I want, so the thing I really wanted to see was a comparison between how the different teams took those corners. Because, you know, when you've got Drummond the Giro and the penultimate stage of the Giro Rosa, where Lucinda Brand was leading out for Mariana Voss, and she just took that kind of... There, was a, there, were, there were a couple of very tight corners very mm, close mm. together. Yeah. And she just... Through, flew through them, yeah, and everyone yeah. else had to chase her down because it looked like she might win. And, you well, know, and it, it was that that sort of perfect cornering down. thing where her body moved from side to side, but the bike stayed rock steady. You know, it's it's yeah. you know that's exactly what you want at high speed through corners. Um, and and yeah. it's it's very true. It's also one of those ones where hey, if we'd had some fucking footage of the thing, we might have been able to you know see real time overlays of of on replay of those corners and stuff like that oh, too, which I, would have been so cool. Oh, I'd love to see that. I mean, this is where I mean we were talking about this about how it could be better because you know that's the sort of thing I'd love to. That's the thing where cycling's missing a trick here. You know, mm. those kind of overlays and stuff, and seeing where people were in the yeah. you know where, where well, and particularly particularly on an entry to the finish line like that, where you know, like it's a fixed course, it wouldn't be overly hard to set up one or two like fixed position overhead cameras just placed mm. above the road. So that you can watch yeah. teams race through that section, um, oh. be perfect for replays, and you know it would be really, really revealing. It'd be great footage too. Oh, it would be beautiful. Dear UCI, it? please put me in charge of all video footage ever. Thank you. Bye. Oh, I second that emotion. Um, but you know what I was wondering as well, because as you say, one of the problems with team time trials. And do you remember that one? I think it was in the Giro a couple of years ago, where Fabian Cancellara was racing for Saxo Bank. Mm. And he was basically taking because you know there's things about he's basically pulling on the front the entire way. Yeah, he basically and, he basically rode. I can't remember the exact percentage, but uh, he rode something awfully close to sixty something percent of the thing on the front. And worst of all for him, he could only pedal with one leg at a time, so that they didn't drop the schlecks. 
Um, yeah, and when they and do you remember that very tight corner where a couple of teams ended up in the ditch, and half of the Schlecks did nearly end up in the ditch, but you know, <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was just, but and but that's what I wanted to see. Sorry, I'm, just, I mean, I'm remembering last time we talked about Schlecks in ditches slash canals. <laughs> It still cracks me up. <laughs> if, you're new if, you to were, if you were selling like a model, like, you know, like an action figure of cyclists, you'd just have Andy or Frank sitting in a canal, hands by their, their hips, bike sort of upside down next to them looking bewildered. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. No, 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 no <laughs> cycling no merchandise today. Oh. Um, but what I'd like to see is how, because you know, Blue Cinder Brand's very good in the corners. Voss, oh, spectacular. But you know, the risk there is that because you know, Voss is one of those bike riders who she can go into the court in, into the corner like with the uh, with another rider right on her wheel and come out two bike lengths ahead, like mm, mm. which we know is an effect of the TARDIS. That's, you know, yeah, it's, it's exactly. scientifically it proven because Panda drew it for us. And yeah, and it's, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, we couldn't see it, but there is an upside down and that is that there's been an awful lot of lovely, lovely video come out of it. And there was an especially cute, so, you know, specialized Lululemon one, Rabobank pulled back time and came second in, you know, by basically cornering like lunatics. Orica AIS in third, Rosvello in fourth, M. Cipollini Giordana, the Italian team in fifth, and Wiggle Honda in sixth. And so on down the list. And yeah, and you know, specialised Lululemon just looking adorable and happy afterwards. And there's a nice, cute little specialised video of, of them kind of just jumping up and down and looking super happy and surprised. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, that's one of the interesting things is, I mean, we make jokes and we've, we've invented the unofficial unsanctioned law of TTTs, but, um, you know, the, the truth is that when you have been as dominant as Specialized over the last few years, expectations are really, really high that you'll continue to perform. And obviously, as we've, we've noted, with other teams hot on their heels, you know, the pressure's got to be really, really high um, to, to do that. So, yeah. And they're not complacent at all about it. Mm-hmm. Because they know that if they kind of sit back on their laurels for a bit, they'll just be looking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, first gold medals of the season for Specialized Lululemon. Um, lots of videos. I collected videos and tweets. And one of the things, one of my highlights of the world already is um, there's a guy I know on um, Twitter, Wei Yuet Wong, who's um, out there. And um, he's been taking the most amazing photos. He's normally like a fine art photographer. And he's just got some stunning albums. He's been, you know, he's got a, he's got a passer. He's been around the um, preparation zones, and I really, really rec- recommend you look at his photos because they're just awesome. gorgeous. Have you seen them? No, I've seen one or two, but no, I haven't seen the full set. So I will actually, once we're done with this, have to go look at them though. So, they're really beautiful. They're, yeah. he's, he's caught these really these really small moments. You know, these little these little kind of these little moments of preparation and concentration and focus and you know there's something about hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on on. you're telling me that that the women are prepared and focused and concentrating on what they're doing it's almost almost like you think they're professional or something we always are daniel 
No. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can't pretend. I, I, I know I'm doing a shit job of pretending to be sexist. I just, I don't know how to do it. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> humble bragging if I ever heard it. Isn't it though? Oh, no. Isn't it though? That was, I was actually really proud of that. I thought that was quite good. <laughs> so I'm losing on the ranting and you've just won on the humble bragging. Let's yeah, see what else yeah, we can Exactly. Because we're not, we're not competitive at all, are we? Well, no, because clearly I'm better, so. <laughs> yeah. You just think that, dear. I just patted the top of the microphone. As <laughs> as <if> I... <laughs> that was the really awkward tapping noise. Okay. <laughs> Um, should we should we move on to the ITT before we get any more farcical? Or? Yes, and we'll start with the junior women. Awesome. And the junior women, I I love it. I mean, this is we've said this before about watching the juniors race, but you know, this is. I mean, for the European juniors, they've they've raced each other in the um, European junior you know junior, junior yep. championships. But you know, for young riders from places like the USA or or Japan or or Australia, they they mm. they've never this is. Can you imagine how that feels, well, like being is, 17 years old This or is one of the really, really interesting things that I've heard from a, a couple of Australian riders who talk about the first time that they go to a world's event. And no matter how they do, that's, that's actually always one of the most treasured career memories because you mm-hmm. grow up in Australia and you compete against the same people over and over and over and over again, but it's a small pool. You know, mm. there's only, you know, you know very early on that there are maybe, maybe 10 of you, maybe, maybe fewer who are really competitive, you know, at the top end of it. Um, and so, you know what you're going to do when you know, you know, uh, all the variations and, and then it's just little details as to who wins and loses on the day. But the first time you go to Worlds is, is when you're really up against everybody. And it's when you find out whether or not your benchmark against your peers back home is really an accurate benchmark against the rest of the world. And so it yeah. is, it's one of those things that like is really treasured by, I know absolutely treasured by riders from this part of the world um, because it's the, that first opportunity to, to actually see. And I've, I've had um, more than one rider say to me, you know, that their first world's experience was when they realized that they had what it takes to, to yeah. make a go of this cycling thing. So. And, you know, I mean, being 17 and 18, if you've been, you know, that's the time when your friends are starting to get more, you know, you guys leave school at 17, don't you? Uh, yeah, depending on depending on which state you're in and, and when you start and that sort of thing, 17 or 18 is when you leave. But a lot of, lot of kids can finish school around 17, yeah. Yeah, and you know, and and this is the first time, you know, you're learning to drive, you're, you can go out, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, this is the time where, you know, where 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 you're really having to make sacrifices, and they are genuine sacrifices. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're you're giving up the life of like an ordinary teenager having fun, or or you know, or even kind of struggling with do you work on your schoolwork, do you work on your cycling, and it, I I mean, the flip side must be: imagine if you got there and you weren't good enough, mm-hmm. how that would feel. But for those who get there and make it, and all can see that you know, I'm top ten, I'm top ten in the world. It's just, and this is. I do have to insert a rant here. We didn't have anyone here from British Cycling, from from Britain, and we mm. have some really, really shit hot junior talent. But you know, they decided, you know, not not worth not worth sending anyone, and because it's and, and I don't understand that because surely 
the younger you are when you have your first worlds. Yeah. You know, because it must yep. so But but this is a this is a systemic problem that goes I mean, I'm I'm gonna step slightly outside of the juniors, but similar thing for, for the elite women for Oceania, where mm. um the Oceania champions have access, like have direct entry by virtue of being the champions of the region to the time trial and to the road race. Which um in this instance would have meant, because of who the champions currently are, that that Australia would have had one more person in each of those events. Um, mm. at, 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 you know, there's literally no downside from a tactical point of view or anything else. It's purely down to either cost or just willingness to do it. And for some reason, neither of those those positions were funded to attend the worlds. Mm. And and I we see this the- we see this often from from different federations. Like, why the fuck would you not send someone for the experience, if for nothing else? Yeah, 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 and also for just—I mean, Ireland didn't enter, didn't enter someone in their TTT in the ITT place, and you know, Britain didn't, and and you know, Australia missed out. I think it was Taryn Heather in the mm. in the seniors, and you know, you can kind of understand. Well, you know, flying flying someone over from Australia is 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 quite complicated. But one of them was nah, actually fuck in- that man. I mean, seriously, sorry, this is this isn't a planned rant, but I've got a rant on that because. We can send someone to Europe for, you know, I mean, okay, admittedly cheap because we would always send men business class, but fuck it, you can send someone to Europe for a couple of thousand dollars. We can afford it. You know, we have a base. Australia has a training base in Europe. So we can put someone up. Like, logistically, this isn't as hard as people make it out to be. You know, and it's in Italy as well, isn't it? It's not exactly. Like it's it's in Varese. And it's, it's, full, it's, of, like, and it's full of uh, where, where the rest of the team is. Exactly. I mean, so you know, it's the kind of thing that I. It really gives me the shits when when you know federations or whatever start to trot out that oh we couldn't afford it. Bullshit. I call bullshit. In in this well, day also, and age, when you can raise money for fucking anything, I'm pretty sure I could sneeze on a doorknob and put it on eBay and raise enough money for a ticket to Europe. Pretty sure I could do that. <laughs> So, you know... <gasps> Daniel, you yeah. have to do that for you. <laughs> you could come to Europe. No, I... You could come to Europe. We could do the next year, Dan. Oh, Dan. Oh, well, Dan. I think, I think it would need to be a collection of, um, a collection of sneezed-upon doorknobs to, to oh, but fund Dan, a, Dan, a Dan, for the We could hire a car. You could drive me. It would be brilliant. Oh, good God. I would drive us off a cliff by day two for sure. For sure, yes, because you with maps, you know, turning them upside down, going, but the map doesn't. I don't give a shit what the map says. We're up a fucking mountain. Like, look, here we are. You know what? I'm gonna drive us. I'm gonna drive us down the mountain so we can be at the spot where you think we are on the map. Here we go. Crash, bang, yes, fireball. We I, die. I'm sorry. I, I'm not having that. I'm. I, I bet you. I, I can't lay, hear I, you. I I'm dead. My... I drove us over a cliff. That's it. It's over. I fireball. Boom. Dead. Done. Daniel, done, we have dead, to map challenge. Done, done. I'm better at maps than you will ever be. Fireball exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like to buy a sneeze upon doorknob to fund my trip to Europe, let's let me know in the comments or, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, speaking of sending women, Australian women, so the the... Alex, you had a couple of, I think you had four, three junior Australians out there. 
And Alexandria Nicholl actually started second. And she was really, really, really fast. And she kept that. And no one had beaten her the whole way through. She was, um, it's, uh, you know, it was even her teammate, Alexandra Manley, who started later than her. Mm. Um, yeah, just super fast. Yeah, super, super, yeah. super, super fast. But it's and, also, uh, sorry, just to, to pause again. I mean, that's another perfect example of why this is such an important event. Because it's, it's that also, that first opportunity to you know, rise to the occasion, to be motivated by the level of the stage that you're performing on. Um, yeah, so, sorry, it's super cool, that's all. Yeah, and so it's going, 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 going. No one could beat her. You know, there, there was, it was just super, super fast. I heard Bradley and Wiggins then... took a go, but because he couldn't ride like a girl, he couldn't beat her either, so... <laughs> Then it came to the final rider off the block, Severine Erode. Erode? Erode? I don't know. Sorry, my French. I'm terrible. Oh, you can say that better. Say it for me. Severine Erode. Severine Severine Erode. Uh, I have no idea, but, you know, like, mm, I I tried harder. Severine is the current junior European ITT champion. And at the first checkpoint, she was was 13.49 slower than Nichols. Yeah, which you know you think John's Holy a good shit. gold medal to was. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought yes. But, but it turns out she'd just been pacing herself. She exploded through the second half, completely super super fast. Won, won the whole thing amazingly by um, just two point six nine seconds ahead Holy of Nichols. Holy shit! Talk about timed effort though. That's like in that. Yeah. It's like in that most famous of Sylvester Stallone movies, Over the Top, when he's arm wrestling and he puts his fingers over the top and then wins the arm wrestle. It's totally not like that at all. But that's okay. I I, I know you generally tell me off for um, not knowing <laughs> no, no, pop, pop culture. Yeah. yeah, no, that one you get a pass on. Although afterwards, I'm going to find a YouTube clip of that and put it in the post. <laughs> okay. Well- I'm not going to watch it. I yes, you are. You back. have to watch him because he turns his hat backwards and then he goes over the top and he wins. And it's so horribly pathetic. It's awesome. I I can't even. Well, I anyway. can find a clip where he's got the weight bench in his truck if you want. Fine. <laughs> let's not and say we did. <laughs> no, let's do. Let's do. No, let's not and say we did. Anyway, so Erode won and... And at this point, you'd kind of expect Nichols to be gutted because, you know, 2.69 seconds. But she was just delighted and super happy and, you know, crying with happiness. And she's got, I, I, I'm not, this is Nichols's quote, I'm not disappointed at all. I'm still bewildered. I didn't even think I could win a medal and ended up second. Oh, that's, it's so sweet. It, it's so easy to really like uh, anyone, you know, who's who's that like just genuine and humble and happy. <laughs> yeah, and then Erode. Erode's got a comment. After the first intermediate, I knew I was fourth. I didn't think I could win, but I wanted to be on the podium. Winning was great, but unexpected. There is a lot of attention for junior categories in France. I hope we keep performing well. <laughs> awesome. Oh, and they've got like a clip on YouTube of them having their press release. And, you know, imagine being 17 or 18 years old and you've just won a medal and you're having like proper press release. And, you know, and, and again, this is why I'm a bit gutted. They, you know, none of the junior races have been put into the streaming package. And I don't think that's fair because, you know, this is something where their families and friends really wanted to watch them. And again, there are videos and I'll put up a post with the ITT videos. But, you know, 
hope I mean you know junior riders very very good um yeah I mm, brilliant mm. and Australia you're doing quite yeah, well mate well second and third yeah so I'll take that yeah 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 I mean you know better than Britain did well, you know, for a start, as as the the lotto uh, saying goes down here, which is appropriate because lotto fund British cycling, you got to be in it to win it. Yes, yes, they did. Um, after that, we moved on to the elite women's ITT. Yeah, which is, you know, I, should I rant before or after we talk about the actual ITTing? Um, let's get the rounds out of the way first, because you know, then All we right. can then we can, right. then we can go negative and then All we right. go positive. So, go hard or go. I'm aware that this is a little bit of a regional-specific rant, but I kind of have the shits with SBS. SBS being the, the Australian broadcaster of all things cycling, and, you know, they do a good job. We talk about them quite a lot. We link to a lot of stuff on Cycling Central. You know, they're not bad people. But when it came to, to this week of, of world cycling, they did one thing that really, really pissed me off. Now, I'm not going to hold the TTT thing against them because obviously that decision was made elsewhere and by other people. But when it came to the women's ITT, so let me put it in perspective. The men's under-23 ITT broadcast on television. The men's elite ITT broadcast on television. Uh, the men's under-23 road race broadcast on television. The women's road race will be broadcast on television. You know, credit where it's due. And the men's elite road race will be on television. But the women's ITT, I uh, will stream it online. What did they show instead, Daniel? Well, you know, it, it covers a fair amount of time. But in the, in the key time slot, the feature time slot for, for that period of time, if the cycling had been on SBS2, as it is every other night of the week for every other event, uh, instead was a documentary about photographing naked ladies. So I could have been watching on TV uh, some of the best sportswomen in the world excelling in their sport. Uh, and Australian hopes with Shari Gillow. Exactly. You know, and, and a, a reliable, solid hope. You know, I, I said last week that I thought she was a, a solid contender for a top five, you know, maybe a chance for the podium. Uh, we knew it was going to be a good ITT. And on top of that, you know, we've got Christy Scrimjaw who owns and operates Specialized Lululemon, an Australian woman who basically has arguably the strongest, most dominant team in the time trial disciplines in, in women's cycling. And, you know, like there's no shortage of stories or reasons to be interested in the outcome. Plus, we're showing every other fucking race on TV, so why not this one? So, you know, that kind of gave me the shits, and I went on a minor Twitter war over it, which I don't regret at all, um, although, you know, it didn't catch on and turn into people with pitchforks and flaming torches like I'd hoped. But, um, yeah, it, it just it, it just kind of, like, fuck you, SBS, basically. Yeah. Mm. You could have done better. You could have done, and it wouldn't have been hard to do better, you know. And if, it, I'm again, I extend my standard offer, Mike Tomolaris, Phil Gomes, Al Hines, I am more than happy to host any of you on this very podcast and debate it with you, you know, person to person, toe to toe. Let's talk the issues through. Because as far as I'm concerned, there is only one thing that can be read from this decision, which is that whoever it was that made it doesn't believe that the women's ITT is on, it, you know, deserves the same availability as every other event from the fucking week of racing. It's 
it's also kind of there is a bit of an insult in saying the elite women aren't as important as the under 23 men exactly i mean that's the thing like you know if if they had if they weren't showing the whole of the rest of the schedule i would do my best to be generous about it and be like okay so clearly they're just showing some of it live online and some of it you know they're cherry picking what they think will get the biggest audience for tv but that's not the case they've done exactly the opposite they're showing everything on tv except for this one event and it's that point where i'm just like fuck whoever made that decision you know with a pineapple rub wrapped in barbed wire in a very uncomfortable position like that's how i feel about it so if someone's if anyone listening is australian and wants to do something about this what would you recommend Oh, look, I think there's there's plenty of ways to get in touch. Uh, Cycling Central are visible on Twitter, uh, at Cycling Central. They also use the hashtag, hash SBS Cycling. Uh, then there's, you know, the, the players themselves. Uh, Mike Tomlaris, Phil Gomes, and Al Hines are all easily available on, on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I don't know which individual was responsible, so I would hasten to add I'm not asking anybody to single out any individual, but those are people that you might consider asking the question of. I actually raised the question um, again today because Christy Scrimjaw gave a great interview, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, but I got a reply from Al Hines saying, you know, because I said, I wonder if Christy was thinking of the fact that SBS didn't show the, the women's ITT on TV when she commented about the lack of visibility of women's cycling. And Al replied to me and said, it streamed live, which is the same thing. Uh, to which I replied, it's really not the same thing. And you, and you know that as a broadcaster, you know, you work for SBS. Uh, the, the audience reach, the, the availability of the product, all of those things come into play. Being on TV is different to being available on a live stream. You know, live streams are things that fans like ourselves go and seek out. TV is what people find. So, you know, it's, it's, there's a reason it's called mainstream media. And it, it definitely says something about the attitude of the broadcaster when there's one event that they drop from the TV schedule. You know, yeah. there's, there's just no other way to interpret it. So, you know, whoever yeah. made that decision, pineapple wrapped in barbed wire, stuck in an unfortunate location for you... Yes. Deep breath. Deep breath. Rant over. I'm I, you. I give myself a seven. I'm sorry, six. Really? Wow, you're a harsh judge. But, you know, you're I British. Know. So, I know. Yeah. And you're, you're sore you saw... because you only got a two. So. You've beaten me, dear. So, you well, know, come on. That, I could be asleep and beat you, beat your two. That was... <gasps> I'm sorry. But, what, you know, I, I, you, can't get to, you can't get to eight until you're spluttering with incandescent rage. And nine, I think, it's just like, I'm going to are you kidding? Are you kidding? No, no. Incandescent rage from me is like an eight point seven at least. At yeah, least I burn anyway, brightly. I do. I do. Because so. you did what you did have, which what we didn't have in Australia, was that when it came to the commentary, you got the um, UCI stream of commentary, didn't you? Well, yes, but you know, I mean, I, I, I find I always find the question of commentary difficult because I just want to hear. I always want to hear the sports of guys. That's I have to commit. I, I it's the best commentary. It just is. But didn't you have you had Ant McCrossan and Rochelle Gilmore, which is great. And I'm you know I'm not knocking them so much as I'm saying I just my default preference for all cycling commentary is sportser. I'm just, not when it's women. Not when it's women because they don't know anything about the women. Well, but you know I don't know Flemish, so <laughs> it's just oi oi oi. <laughs> 
I'm not saying it's right. I'm just, I'm just saying. I pity you. I mean, I pity you for so many reasons. <laughs> well, well, one more just doesn't doesn't even you know show up on the radar. So Daniel Wright, tut tut tut. <laughs> anyway, you had the fantastic Ant the Crossing and Rochelle Gilmore's commentary, which I mean, we had the BBC commentary, which you know I I take it, it was kind of like it was a little it's Simon Brotherton and Ned Bolting. Ned Bolting, um, no, not Ned Bolting, the other one. Chris Boardman. And yeah, Chris Boardman's got some great insights, massive champion into time trialing, but neither of them actually knew any of the stories. And the thing that really annoyed me was when they said, oh, but Olga Zabalinskaya, she's had a very disappointing year. Do you know why she had a very disappointing year this year? Didn't she have another child? Yeah. Um, <laughs> she won the, She won the Olympic and world, uh, she was bronze in the Olympic road race in ICT last year. Yeah. And she took the year off and basically had another baby, her third child, which she had in at the beginning, first of May. Congratulations, Olga. Um, Olga Zabalinskaya's dad won gold in the 1980 Olympics in the cycling road race. Olga Zabalinskaya won bronze in the ITT and the road race in 2012. So, you know, um, yeah, it's probably quite a good chance that, that, her, that, that, that one of her three children might show up as a cyclist <laughs> in a couple of years. <laughs> Well, especially if you take Vorta's insistence that um, all cycling genes are inherited from the mother's side, so... No, 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 he said it came from the dad. Are you sure? I'm. I, I... Yes, 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 because, yes, because, yes, I'm very sure. He was saying that Taylor Finney inherited all his cycling from his dad. I swear he said the opposite of that. I... No, I challenge Honestly. you. To, I challenge you to a fact off at ten paces next week. Okay, seriously, I'm, you, you don't even need to bother. But he did afterwards say. Oh, but I'm, the first I'm said totally... on Twitter, he got he got told because someone said because what he was actually talking about was something that you actually do only get from your mother. I think he was talking about mitochondria. And people pointed out to him gleefully that you know the idea of it, it doesn't work like that. Um, you know, you don't. It's not like you're a boy, so your genes come from your dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eight-year-old science, isn't it? <laughs> I know. No, that's, was, un that's unfair to eight-year-olds. I'm sorry. No, there was a terrible. Did you see the thing that was going around the internet the other year, the other week about the terrible pickup artist who? No, I can't even go into it. But anyway, no, I'll no, tell you. No, 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 no. Let's so, not. Yeah. Okay. Cool. The individual time trial. Well, I you say right, many there... bad things about our friend, about dear Daniel. But one of the things you can never say is he'll um, is he is he holds pickup artists with oh, a disdain. I can beat them all with a bat, like seriously. Anyway. Anyway. Um, individual time trial. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was a bunch of things with the with the time trial that like. I found, like, I just found the the last stages of, I mean, obviously, you know, the final starters are, are, you know, the ones that are most likely to be competitive at the top end. But, like, the, the finish of the last four riders in particular just had me, like, chewing nails, gnawing fingers, bearing knuckles, just go, oh, my God, oh, my God. It was so, so good, wasn't it? It was so exciting. And, I mean, it, there was, like, for me, there was one... Um, not huge surprise, but genuine surprise uh, in Carmen Small. It was amazing to to see her um, podium, and I was really excited and happy for her. I thought that was awesome. Oh, but you see, here's what's interesting about it is because so the UCI they favour internationalisation over um, how to put it quality. When the, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
tries to be subtle. Well, you know, our audience knows us well enough to know that subtle's not really our thing, I think. I yeah, think I think so, if I we mean, tried to go subtle now, we'd just confuse them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they had 47... So it's it's for, it was 40... Um, 40 well for only 45 riders started and started in 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 the beginning um in in the race and they also did a really interesting thing in waiting people were going how had they actually waited the how they actually decided the start list and how they decided the start list was the last 15 riders to ride were the, basically the ones they assumed were going to be in the top 15 and they'd waited it with a you know random waiting that had nothing to do with um anything else uh, at all rankings but they'd also planned it further down so they'd done it slightly by alphabetical order like clumps of the same surname together but also mixing in the continental champions with the um pro riders i guess is the fairest way to Which, say it i guess from a broadcast perspective though does actually make a certain kind of sense in terms of trying to make it interesting to enough different people that it's a, a viable yeah. viewing product as well well, I think it's also trying to do it so that you have that thing where, you know, generally what you'd expect, what I would have expected to happen, would I expect that someone like Denise Ramston started second and I think, well, she's going to put down a time that's going to stay for ages and then it's going to get a bye to one of the riders in the top 20 and they're going to break that. And then when it gets to 15, um, you know, to to, um, to say the 16th rider, Luz Hunawike, by the time she gets there, the times are just going to start falling like dominoes and getting you know that, that's how I expected it to happen but it didn't because uh, the 15th rider off Annika Langbad from Denmark set off now I'd heard of Annika Langbad and I looked her up beforehand because I was like hmm I've heard of you but I don't know why and she is the ITT champion of Denmark but she's also the marathon mountain bike world champion for 2011 and 2012 right and she's and she should have been racing the cross-country mountain biking in the Olympics, but she was injured and couldn't. But Langbad put down an absolutely stonking time. We're talking 21.8 kilometres, completely flat course. And she did it in 28, point, 28 minutes and 27 seconds. Holy shit. That's pretty solid. And that was super fast. And no one could touch her. And it just stayed and stayed and stayed. And, you know, once you get through, like, some of the riders that we've never heard of who've you know, got very good, you know, they're, they're, they're local. And, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, I guess if you actually held me at gunpoint and said, right, you've only got 45 places who should go, I would choose more people who are more likely to do well, just because I kind of think it's unfair that, for example, the Dutch only have two spots. Mm. Given all, all the US or the Americans only have two spots, Russia only has two spots. It's kind of unfair on those countries where, you know, your third best person is is um yeah it's uh, prob know, probably it's better than the top rider from some of the, uh, yeah. the other competitors and, yeah yeah and i have to admit if i was alexandra Burchenkova from russia who's been getting some really good results all year and she wasn't in there but olga zabalinskaya was that must be a national selection thing that must sting yeah so Ouch. anyway so you know, However, however, I do, you know, it is good. I mean, there are some really interesting riders. So, I mean, Jutta Steinen, who was, I think, the oldest rider there. She was riding for Switzerland. And she's 41. And she only started riding three years ago. Holy shit. And, wow. And she came to, 
she ended up 21st. And then Cecily Gotus Johnson, um, who yep. ended up 20th, a high tech rider. You know, she only, she's she's in she's in her mid 30s, and she only started riding. You know, this is her first professional year in a pro team, and she finished 20th. So, you know, there are some really interesting people there. It's it's just, yeah. So it started, and and you know, and and Langbad ended up sixth overall. You know, yep. it was only when Trixie Warwick, who started 10th. You know, was sorry, who started? Who was the tenth? Right? Sorry, she wouldn't start tenth. She was number ten, so that means that there were nine. Only a nine riders after her. Only Trixie could beat her. Um, you know, she beat all sorts of riders. She beat Lisa Brunauer, Shari Gillow, Luz Kunawite. You know, she beat loads. It's amazing. Um, there was my Bet Noir rider riding there, who also ended up in the top ten. Well, are you really surprised though? Mm. Well, you yes. know she's she's been putting up some great results this season. I'm sorry, I can't even. I just <laughs> yeah. Um, Kana Solovey from the Ukraine. Um, if you listen to our podcast about the European Under Twenty Three Championships, I probably got to about eight on my rant scale about Kana. Oh because... no, 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 no! That was like a seven max. Okay, seven for you, seven for me, which basically counts in Dan terms, that's eight and a half, you know, so if it was you. Yeah, well, what? No, you malign the scale. You malign the scale. Was, anyway. Yeah. All right. Point Hannah, is, point is you were unimpressed. Unimpressed. Hannah Solovey was, um, when she was, she's 21 years old. When she was a junior, she won the Junior ITT Championships um, World and the Europeans twice, both years she was a junior. Um, you know, uh, then she turned 19 and got caught for steroid use. Mm, as you do. I mean, I have, I mean, I have complicated feelings about this because I, and you know, some people disagree with me. I don't think that a 19 year old is finding her own steroids and taking them by herself. I think it's pretty unlikely for a 19 year old to be sophisticated enough at pretty much anything to be able to, you know, locate and uh, and run their own doping program. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hannah Solovey, um, she got caught for doping. She came back. She came back. Her ban just ran out just the week before the European Under-23 ITT Championships, and she won the ITT there by a minute and a half. How many... Just remind me, Sarah, how many men did she beat in that? Uh... I can't remember. But it was a but, lot. Like she, she, her time was better than like thirty something of the of the guys. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, at that point, my head had probably exploded, and I probably thought it was safest not to care. But yeah, so I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because on the one hand, I believe completely in redemption. On the other hand, you've taken steroids while you're a teenager. They've probably affected your growth. The effects are still there, and the effects are going to carry on still being there while you train. And you know, um, she has to, as you know, as, as under the rules, she has to put her whereabouts in the whereabouts system. But because it's the women and run by on the comity level, she didn't have to, um, uh, you know, pass a drugs test before she came back. Awesome. Anyway, so Hannah. Hannah, she's 21, she's only ridden, she doesn't race in the peloton, she just comes out for national championships, and she ended up 8th, finishing it in 28, point th- 28 minutes, 30 seconds, point 66. Well done. But she did have a very pretty helmet, it had flowers on it. 
Oh, well, there you go. That makes all the difference. But then, on the road, I mean, there had been one favourite. And so many dramas, so much drama. So, you know, Trixie was... Trixie did really well and beat Annika Langbad and was sitting in the hot seat. And then her teammate, specialised Lulu Lemon teammate, Carmen Small, finished in 28.16.92. And Carmen has had a rocking year. Carmen... Um, She's been previously. She's been previously for the last number of years um, riding uh, riding on the USA circuit. She's come over. She's loved racing for Specialized Lululemon, and I've loved her being here. She's got. She says. She says about her Instagram that she gets accused of of of, of posting an offensive amount of cat gifts. So if <laughs> if you want to send Carmen Small a present, tweet her at Small Sunday a cat gift to congratulate her on getting a bronze medal because uh, that's what she did. A, a, um, gif, bronze... a gif of a cat chasing a medal around the floor would be pretty much ideal. So, yeah, yeah, anything you can find, just make one. I can't do this sort of thing, but you are all very clever. And But she beat her American teammate, Evie Stevens, by 0.6, no, 0.06 of a second. I Oh, I thought it was 0.4. Okay, but I mean, either way, that's an amazing... No, yeah, 0.4, 0.4, yeah, you're right, you're yeah. right, you're right, you're right. 0.4, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, just... just Oh my goodness! Like so such close. an amazingly small margin, and I mean, we all know Evie's pedigree. I mean, yeah, she's she's had a tough season herself with injury early on in the year and and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But we all know how good she is at this discipline. So it's it's no small thing, and it says a lot actually about how Specialized Lulu is so dominant at the TTT when you know already we haven't even got to the the end of the race and we've got three riders from their team sitting in the top five. I know. I mean, just amazing. But out on the road, and while they were finishing, the split times were coming through, and out on the road was Linda Villanson and Ellen Van Dyke. Now, Linda, now, we we thought, had actually been retiring at the start of the year. It turned out that was a bit of a, a misnomer or a misunderstanding because what she had been doing was looking to take some time off to... Um, recharge herself basically, and also to to start to focus on the the ITT for Worlds. Um, but she'd realised that she wasn't going to be able to do that and keep up her commitments with Orica. So she had not retired, but kind of gone to the team and said, "Look, this is what I want to do. I understand it might not fit, so maybe we want to go our separate ways." And so she did, and uh, was picked up by Wiggle Honda partway through the year. And she's been yeah, she, on in in Sarah Parlance stonking good form. Well, she hasn't. She hasn't. I mean, she's. It was really, really interesting to see what she'd do because there are some races where she was going super well, like super. And then, but then you had the Turdelardesh, which was um, one of the la- you know where she was leading in the in the in Malia Rosa right up until the last stage where she missed the break. Mm. And I mean. Linda, she's known for two things. She's known for extraordinary time trialing, and she's known for being very, very aggressive and opportunistic and attacking early and attacking often and getting into breaks. So it was a bit confusing, and then she was quite invisible at Toscana. So Maybe yeah, I mean, maybe she was just, you know, like um, sucker-punching everyone, you know, playing the rope-a-dope kind of thing in box, boxing parlance where she was pretending to be weaker in those last two races so people wouldn't pay attention. Yeah. You know what, though? Linda has been on the world's podium for the last four years. Well, yeah? five years now. Yes, but I was that when you've given away the ending. Well, no, uh, I Linda haven't. Has... I mean, jeez, like, not really. 
Okay, Linda's been on the podium for the last four years, and you know, it basically, if you wanted to put money on anyone to get on the podium, just go down, place it, as well as Olga Zablinskaya's children in, I don't know, uh, how old's the oldest one? About eight or nine, you know, so let's say mm, 13 years' time, one of the Zablinskaya's doing quite well, puts, you know, Linda Willemson for the podium, it's like a no-brainer. But she was out there doing so fast at the splits, but who was behind her? Who was this course? This course couldn't have been designed better for if it had been designed by Dutch people. I know. This is the amazing thing, is that we're in Italy on an Italian course, and for whatever reason, they decided to design the absolutely perfect time trial course for Ellen Van Dyke. Yes. Now, Ellen... Ellen is she's 26 this year. She's she'd won a, um, a a a world a world championship medal on the track in 2008. Um, she has the slight unfortunateness, Ellen. Ellen is in the same year, cycling year as Mariana Voss. So Ellen, she starts off as a speed skater. Realised she was faster on the bike when she started the bike for cross, you know, for 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 for, for, for cross training. training. Yep. Yeah. And all her time in her junior year, in her under-23s, all the way through, she's been racing against Marianne Voss. And it's a bit unfortunate for her because, you know, it's, she's just, she's just, it's just unlucky. Someone has to be born in the same year as the best rider in the world ever, ever, ever. But Ellen has, I mean, Ellen's always been, she's always been a brilliant rider. I mean, oh God, all the times, like I think about the Giro Donna, um, a couple of years ago, where you'd have like towards the end, uh, Ellen on the front with um, of the of the of the, of the um, HTC and the specialised uh, sprint train mm. with Ina, fifth rider back, grinning, and Ellen just pounding up the pounding up the speed, and everyone else just like trying to forge, form sprint trains and not being able to. But she's really come into her own this year, and part of this is because. She had been riding track, like aiming to get, you know, into racing, wanting to win a medal at the 2012 Olympics. Um, but she'd also um, had quite a difficult year, the team, because, you know, obviously Ina, was, Ina crashed in the Drenza Aft, and then Ebby crashed in the Classica Cita de Padova and broke all her teeth and had a plastic mm. surgery. And Trixie Warwick crashed and broke her collarbone. And you'd kind of forgive that with your big GC and classics hope out in Ebby, and yep. with your sprint and classics hope out in Ina, you'd think that the team would, would be justifiably excused for crumbling. Well, you know, for, for a men's team, maybe. But this is women's cycling, Sarah. <laughs> and Ellen, she was, um, she, in, in the world, she came um, second in, oh goodness, I've forgotten. She was, either, she, 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 she was on the podium three times at the World Cup. She was on the podium for Drenthe, Ronda van Drenthe, Trofeo Alfreda Binder, and the Ronda van Vlaanderen. Didn't she come second in Flanders? Oh, yeah, well, now I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was definitely on the... So, you know, she had... She did so well in the World Cup that even though she didn't ride Plue or Chongming Island, she still came third overall in the mm. World Cup seats. And she was third in, in, the, in the last UCI rankings. She was third in the UCI rankings because she has had an amazing year. Like, like yeah. just... Like a, genuine, been, a genuinely great season. She really has. And, 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 and in all those World... And the World Cup races, if you're not used to women's cycling, the World Cups are single-day races that they run over a season. And the first four are just really hard classics races. Mm. Ronda van Benzer, Trofeo Alfredo Binder, 
Ronda Van Vlaanderen, Flash for Love. And and for those who may not remember, this was also the year that we had the the spring of Frozen Over Hell, where you know races were started in sub zero, literally sub zero temperatures. You know that was um you know we, we were hearing riders with frozen eyeballs and and all sorts of things. So you know it, it, these were yeah. like tough tough races too. And, and I mean, and and, and there's 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 you know, Jennifer. And I mean, if you you if you don't know much about women's cycling, next year look out for the the Ronda Van Drenfer and the Trofeo Alfreda Binder because they tend both to be streamed um, live or live-ish, and they are so good races. I mean, Binder's brutal. It's got this. They do a long loop and then they do like nine short loops of a of a course um, in mm. in beautiful beautiful Italy, in Varese and. It's just so hard, and and all the way through this year, Ellen and Carmen, they just stepped up. You know, they didn't crumble when the team was just when people. You know, at one point the riders were just crashing out all the time, and then supporting riders like Evie Stevens when they came back because yeah. you know Evie's crash must have been a really big psychological thing for her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not one of these riders who's been racing since she was six years old and is you know can you know can talk can point to all the different parts of her body that don't work right anymore. <laughs> oh, here's my elbow. Yes, it doesn't turn. Mm, yeah. It only it only goes this far. You know, it, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's difficult. And they were there. And, you know, and Ellen, she just won the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour. And just this course, oh, designed for her, mm. it could have been. Mm. And, and she just... It was obvious from the minute she hit the first checkpoint, wasn't it? That she was just oh, she was she was on fire. I mean, she raced the the first section, you know, really, really particularly hard, so that she had a little more time, um, you know, later on to yeah, I guess operate as a buffer, you know. But she mm. was just blisteringly fast. So mm, um, at the so at the good. first time check, she had what was it, twenty seconds on Linda. So. Yeah, yeah, and she, and she ended up winning by twenty four seconds. Twenty four seconds on Linda. Mm, mm. Oh, I was saying people were winning by minutes. So, oh, that was the juniors. Okay, that was right. Um, twenty four seconds on Linda. You know. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I I just one of the reasons I love cycling is it's got a cast of thousands, and I can be happy for so many riders. And that was yeah. Well, and, know, and 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 just, it's one of those things that like there are you know there are very few bad stories really like no matter what the result there's someone who has been through something particularly tough or had a great year or you know there's always something to be excited and happy about so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean i had loved i've made a joke about trixie warwick being the most aggressive you know trixie warwick the, the joke about trixie is she's a rider who's most likely to get most aggressive in every race because she just <laughs> likes and at the end of her ride when she was coming in she actually looked like she was attacking herself <laughs> She was really pounding it to get yeah, to, um, yeah. to, to, to to get yeah. to get that end. But yeah, so um, the top so top ten: Ellen Van Dyke first, Linda Willemsen second, Carmen Small third, Evie Stevens fifth, Trixie Warwick sorry, Evie fourth, Trixie fifth. Shit, three, um, one, two, three, four, 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 four. specialized Lululemons in the top five. Yeah, um, Annika Langbad in sixth, Olga Zavalinskaya seventh, Solovey eighth, Tatiana Antishina from Russia ninth, and Emma Johansson tenth. That's Emma's first time in the top ten of a uh, ITT. And, and I've got to tell you, I don't think Emma was giving it a thousand percent. 
Well, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it to, to be completely honest, because exactly, I, I'm looking, you know, further in the week for Emma, and it bears, but it does bear saying yet again, she has really found herself this year. Um, you know, her results across, you know, many different types of races, and um, you know, not just stage versus one day races, but also different kinds of terrain and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's a good point to, to sort of segue towards the road race because, yeah. Well, I wanted to just mention the Chrissy Scrimjaw interview you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. So I should say that because there's lots of nice video things, so talk about that first. Okay, well, look, um, SBS, uh, you know, and this kind of makes up for my rant because they did actually have a really great interview with Christy, which is on the Cycling Central website. We'll put a link to it. Um, I hear that it's not un-geo-restricted, but I will do my best to see if I can track down a, a non-geo-restricted version for, for people, because it's a great interview. Um, obviously, they're talking a lot about the win for the TTT, and then, you know, four riders from your team in the top five of the ITT is pretty amazing. But this interview is awesome for... One particular standout quote, and I absolutely adore it for this. Uh, the interviewer asks Christy, he sort of says, you know, women's cycling's really sort of started to hit its stride. You can see from the performance and professionalism of the women and all of that sort of thing that that it's really come a long way in the last few years. And he says, so, you know, what's your view on what needs to happen to, to lift it to the, the next level yet again? And um, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but, but Christy's answer is basically women's cycling is amazing. It's just that you don't get to see it. And I was just like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Christy Scrimjaw. Fuck yeah. You know, you know the end of Brick Breakfast Club where, you know, Judd Nelson's just fist in the air at the end? Like, mm, that was me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> fist in the air. Fuck yeah. Um, was, was Don't You Forget About Me playing in the background? It might have been. It may actually still be playing in the background now. Don't you? Had you, had you, had you, just, had you just kissed Forget the most popular girl in me. school? Uh, depends on the school. Depends, depends on the school. So, yeah, it's... Um, mm. it's yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a fantastic interview. Um, I will endeavour my best to, to find a version that everyone can see because it should be seen by everyone. Um, yes, because I because I couldn't see it, and Dan's been taunting, taunting, I tell you, taunting me with it. Yes, yes, as is my want to do. Um, yes, but yeah. So, so the ITT beautiful. The video I liked. Oh God, so lovely. Um, there's been loads of good videos. I've, I'll post a link because I've been adding video, 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 video. I really liked the UCI's video from three riders' perspective on what it's like to ride worlds. They had Naomi Cantelay, who's a very experienced, experienced rider, um, and uh, Nettie Edmondson, who it's her first road world, and Adri Visser, who it's her last ever world because she's retiring. But the other video I saw was a video of what happened when Ellen walked into the Dutch team's hotel and got greeted by her Dutch team teammates, looking so happy. I mean, just she had a tweet about how she was the happiest girl in the world yesterday, and she woke up this morning saying, I still feel so happy. <laughs> God, she deserves it. Do you remember last year in the Olympics? Where oh. in the first half of the race, Ellen was just going and going and going mm, and attacking, mm. attacking with that complete. Um, it was almost like watching a berserker in war. That love, that love <laughs> of the battle. 
you know, sometimes she'd attack and be caught and then attack again straight away. It was like she did not. And so for her to get, you know, she worked so hard for Mariana last year and she's worked so hard racing against Mariana this year. And, you know, she even in the races where, you know, she was on the when she didn't win, she tried. She was not just, for example, sitting on and racing for second. She was going for it every time with every ounce of strength in her body. So for her to get this chance, this beautiful chance to get her second ever world medal, you know, gold. No, her second gold, second gold medal of this game at this time, she won the gold with the TTT last year was specialised and she won her track gold in 2008. I mean, just fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Ellen <laughs> Van Dyke. I'm so happy for you. And in this video, she's just, she walks into the hall and the whole of the Dutch team just cheer her and sing for her and she's just blushing like, oh, and happy and happy and blushing and shy and just you know, and the bits on the podium, when you've got the podium and you've got like Carmen Small completely delighted for her teammate and, you know, and the interviews afterwards with Small being gutted for Evie, who she, you know, beat by 0.4 of a second. Oh, mm. I love it. I love cycling. Cycling's the best sport ever. It's so beautiful and wonderful and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it, Daniel. Well, that's good because we're not done. We've got a bit more to talk about. We have. <gasps> oh, God. Now, you won't have seen this, and I wish I could make you enjoy this as much as I enjoy it, but there was also mountain biking this weekend. Mountain biking? Um, is this more downhill, or...? There was some downhill, but there was the four-cross world Oh, Champions. hey, no, no, that's cool, that's cool. I'm happy to watch four-cross. Well, I'm happy to watch this particular four-cross, because we totally fucking won. Yeah, Caroline Brookenard! Four cross. If you've never seen four cross, I please go onto our site prowomencycling.com and watch the videos. Four cross is a cross between mountain biking and BMX, with some wicked jumps, random rock gardens on the course. You basically plummet down this course, four riders at a time on the course. So there's lots of um, barging people out of the way, which is interesting. Um, and the first top two in each round go through to the next round, la la la, until there's a winner. And it was. The last round was basically Caroline Buchanan of Australia, um, <laughs> Annika Beerton of Netherlands, Katie Kurd from Britain, and Celine Gross from France. And it had been clear from each round that Beerton, Kurd, and Buchanan were the top, but Buchanan had just been, oh, she's so beautiful to watch ride. And if you're thinking, hang on a minute, I know that name, Caroline Buchanan, that's because she won the BMX World Championships, was fifth in the Downhill World Championships, and she wanted to get three gold medals in three different disciplines this year. Yep, yep, yep. And, well, you know... Because Aussies, and... they're, not, they're not... Aussies aren't in any way, shape, or form ambitious, are they, Daniel? Not, not about sport. Not ambitious and certainly not competitive when it comes to sport, no. No, no not in the slightest. So... We're very, final... very, very laid back. If they ever make beer drinking an Olympic sport, holy fuck. You will not touch the Poles and the Germans, I'm sorry. Well, you know, until it becomes an Olympic sport, we just won't know. I mean, part of that problem is because the stuff that you brew yourselves, I mean, you know, you can't really call it beer, can you, Dan? Uh, yes, you can, the stuff we brew ourselves, not stuff brewed by multinational corporates owned from you know, other parts of the world. Yeah, but, yeah. But the Those stuff but the stuff we brew ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Foster's, Castle Main Forex. Foster's is brewed in China. 
I'm, that's not even made up. That's actually true. <laughs> anyway, 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 anyway. Last four. Off they set. And, and Buchanan just rockets out and is clearly in the lead. But they're going through the last thing. And, and Beerton was second, but Katie Kerr had caught up with him. They went over the final double jump. Beerton loses it, smashes her bike, like comes down on this enormous jump, lands on, I don't know what she landed on, just herself. Her bike, the front wheel is completely destroyed. I'm like, shit, she's dead. She gets up and runs with her bike to the line to confirm her fourth place. Oh, my God. And Buchanan just, oh, it makes it look so easy. You've got these riders, you know, you just look at her and go, oh, yeah, this four cross, this BMX, easy as, easy as pie, isn't it? I'll try that. Oh, my God. So I was slightly happy. And then it was the downhill. And, oh, God, downhill. Oh, my God, so beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Emmeline Rigaud won. Rachel Atherton won the World Cup Series. It was lovely. I was so happy. Cool. Cool. Someone out there is going, yes, yes, it was, Sarah. I saw her. <laughs> Brilliant. And it was so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, just just fire up Ian's uh, tweet again about the, the pixie elf cycling bearded morning beer drinking mountain bikers and you'll feel like council head forest creatures yes yeah, i mean yeah. yes the mountain bikers just make it i mean it's it's so easy to love mountain bike I, i've never ridden a mountain i've never ridden a mountain bike i've i've never wanted to ride a mountain bike it's just it's just they make it so easy it's so easy to love so easy to love and these videos i mean there's a million photos as well which are beautiful hurrah hurrah that's what we should do mountain bike oh that's my heart beating. Um, what else do we have to talk about, Dan? Well, I guess we should probably maybe talk about the forthcoming women's road race. I mean, oh. you know, oh, we don't have to, I guess. We can just wait till after the race. Yeah, let's wait till after the race. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, honestly, I, I really don't know. Um, I mean, Who do you I, want to win? I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a really tough. Uh, race, you know, tactically, and obviously being in Italy and the Italians having this uncanny knack for being able to race worlds pretty much better than anyone else. Um, you, you really can't count them out. But I think a sentimental favourite, mostly based on the fact that it's just been such a cracker of a year for her, I really kind of want Emma Johansson to win. Mm-hmm. Mm. What about you? I, um, I, well, I want Mariana Voss to win. Yeah. I always want Mariana Voss to win. Well, totally, um, Voss... totally understandable. Yeah. It's a course. I mean, this course. It's uh, it's a hilly course. It's got um, it's got in each lap. It's got a hill and it's got a descent. You know, a steep, a sharp hill and it's got a steep descent. And I think that I think you know. I mean, Lizzie. I would love Lizzie. I mean, Britain had six spots here, and they only decided to fill four. And they didn't decide to bring riders like Sharon Laws or any of the climbers. Yeah, but but, but Sarah, Sarah, Brian Cookson loves women's cycling, massively devoted to growing it. You know he's done such a great job in Britain. Oh, so. Did you read Lizzie Armitstead's interview with him? <laughs> with, no, sorry, did you read Lizzie Armitstead's interview? Her, her interview in The Guardian that touched on that, yes, and her response to, to his quote about, you know, Nicole being difficult and the other writers not counting because look at these two writers over here who think I'm awesome. Yes, yes. <laughs> which which has got to be like the best man defense to something ever <laughs> like seriously you know someone someone legitimately who has been inside the organization goes you know what i'm actually dissatisfied with this 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 and this and it's such the it's such the guy response to go but he likes me 
It really is. And 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 you know what is interesting is is there's a there's a guy on Twitter who doesn't ever comment on my Twitter stream at all, ever, unless I mention something about British Cycling and, and Brian Cookson, in which case he, he tweets me and tells me I'm completely wrong, but absolutely ignores what I've actually said and uses something else. So he'll say, for example, when I was saying about Brian Cookson, saying that performance advice suggests that they shouldn't have a women's team sky, he was like, and I was saying that the performance advice, what does he mean? Because look at their performance. And this guy was like, yeah, yeah, but sky shouldn't be forced to have a women's team. It's like, I don't care. I don't care that you're a rabid Sky fan. Answer my argument or don't, <laughs> you know, don't, 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 you know. Anyway, so, um, so, the, so Will Fotheringham, who did this interview in The Guardian, asked Lizzie about this. And she said, I was frustrated to about, you know, when, when, when Cookson had said that Armitstead's, you know, the, the views of Cook, Armitstead, Pooley and Pendleton were basically discounted because um, Joe Ralston and Laura Trott see things differently. Armit said is not impressed. I'm frustrated to hear that because I'm a road racer. Joe and Laura are track riders and they face different issues. Yes, yeah. Well, and then she goes on to say, you know, that the um, track is actually quite equitable, but the road is markedly different. And it is. And we yeah. all know that. I mean, geez, you don't even have to follow the sport closely to, to see that. And, you know, it's a valid point. But anyway, we said no ranting, and we've yeah, broken no, that, like, oh. so many times. We're the can worst, I, we're the worst non-ranters ever, Sarah. Can I, I just... say my Lizzie happiness, the, my other, because Lizzie, All I mean, right. read the interview, because even apart from that, Lizzie is always, always good for a quote. She's very funny, very good person. But she was also featured on a BBC program called Inspire, the Olympic Journey, which is like a, a magazine-type program which looks at different kind of sports and, and how people who did well in the Olympics were doing and you know how future stars and they had seven minutes featuring Lizzie Armitstead at the GP Plouet and now again it's geo restricted to the UK I'm really sorry but to everyone else but it was probably the small film that was the best thing I've ever seen for explaining road racing like it, it, in, in just seven minutes they covered so much of the atmosphere of how it happens the team dynamics the fact they're racing as a team awesome. you know the different roles Lizzie talking about how, yeah, um, Voss is fantastic, the best in the world, but, you know, on their day, anyone can beat her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which was just, which was a really good, you know, that's, that's what, you know, that's, yeah. that's what you, you want to hear in an athlete, that they're not kind of, you know, that they believe it's possible to beat her. And, yeah. you know, I don't know what Lizzie's form is like because she's been, she's been climbing really well, but I don't know if she's been 100% well this year. Well, but, I actually know, appreciated her comment in that same interview when, you know, her analysis of her form, where she's like, I've, I've been middling to good for most of the year, but, you know, not, not right at the top. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah, it's cool. I like it when, when, Athletes don't feel the need to oversell themselves. Yeah. So. Did you see the interview with Did you see the interview with Elisa Longo Borghini after the time trial, the video one? No, I didn't. Please tell oh, me there's, more. There's this, there's this lovely little video interview with her, but I'm Ashwin Cruders, who's been um, out there um, basically by himself, and he's just been video interviewing riders. Um, I'm putting on his website, Sport Promotions. Um, is his YouTube channel, and he has an interview with Lizzie, with Elisa in English, where Elisa was basically saying that she wasn't, you know, her accident, she broke her hip in, um, in in June in the national champ in Italian yeah. national championships, and she actually finished thirteenth in the ITT, but she says she's about eighty percent there, and she'll be there tomorrow. In, she'll be there in the road race as a as a team helper. Okay. Now. Well, would, that's that's pretty threatening. That, that's pretty threatening, though. I mean, if you've got Elisa as a team helper, 
Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, would, I would absolutely love and adore it if that was sandbagging and Elisa wins. Yeah, yeah. But I think the Italian team is all about Georgia Bronzini, and she's been climbing really, really well. Well, so she's, been, she's been climbing almost surprisingly well, and she's had, like, I mean, she's clearly got to be Wiggles' star performer for the year. I mean, she's just, she's won everything. She has done, so. she's had probably the best road season of her life. Yeah. I, oh, I'd and say I think so. again, she wasn't she wasn't racing track over the winter. You know, she mm. she she dropped the track, not really dropped the track. She was still racing some, but she put the track behind her to 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 focus on the Olympics last you know to focus on the Olympic road race last year. Um, and then she's just and it, you again you can see it pay off this year because her climbing has she's always been good at the short sharp hills. And you know, remember in Geelong where she made it invisibly in the pack over those hills. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I mean, I was there. They, you know, the profile didn't make them look great, but they were not kind hills. They were they were not fun hills to race up. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, who else to watch out for? I mean, Lizzie, if she can keep it over the hill, she can definitely gain it on the descents. Tiffany Cromwell, watch out for her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely watch out for Tiff. Um uh, who's? I mean, what's your read on on Evie? I mean, you certainly can't well, ignore I, her her form for the ITT. But how do you well, think she's going to climb? And you, you, USA Cycling. There's been a couple of interviews and stuff where they've suggested that Mara Abbott is their protected rider for this race. Which I can sort of. I mean, I understand because on the on the face of it, I mean, Mara had a great run at the the Giro Rosa and um, you know and won overall and clearly has the ability but this is a one day race so to my mind it's it's a different kind of beast and evie is i mean okay maybe i'm just a bit biased but evie is the the u.s one day rider in my head well also mara if it was a race where you started at the bottom of the mountain and rode to the top i put my money on mara but, yeah yeah you know, yeah is... that would be fair but i mean this is a this is a, this is a, a long ride in and then a circuit and um and punchy climbs and um you know descents. this is and descents and and this is just like tough balls to the wall kind of elbows out racing it's mm. yeah so well, i hope i hope that's not true i really really hope I mean, what i don't want to see is evie racing for mara when she could be winning for herself well i mean i i i'm hoping at the very least that it's it's one of those we've got two plans and we'll see which one makes most sense depending on how the break forms and all that sort of shit. But yeah. 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 Interesting. So Dan, what exactly do you mean by balls to the wall, by the way? I've always wondered about that expression. Yeah, actually, to be honest, I don't know either because I have never felt the inclination as the owner of one set of balls to, um, to put them to any walls. Um, I, my general feeling is to keep them away from walls, but that might actually be what it means: is that like your natural inclination is to keep them away from the walls, but you're going so hard and so fast that bang, they're just there anyway, and that's it. Like no choice. Slap. So, Slap is yeah, so on, yeah. On, on that on, on that, that on a metapaic note. <laughs> um, Tune in next week, where doubtless we'll be hopefully sitting there going, "Oh, best race ever!" Hopefully, and hopefully, hopefully, the, even though we attempted a no rant show this week, there'll be even less ranting next week. <laughs> yes, hopefully, it's a hundred percent happy, 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 joy, 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 and um, yeah, um, you're all fabulous, and yes, 
Thank you for listening. Except for you, and you know who you are, and you know what you did. Um, Also, I do just have to add, um, because I kind of got into trouble on Twitter for not, I have to give a shout-out to Clara Beard. Um, I still don't know exactly what I promised that led to this, but there it is, done. Thanks. Hope you're happy, Clara. And if, if if you think, I don't know who Clara Beard is, she's the p- fabulous person behind the Tour Tracker, p- behind the Tour Tracker yeah. race update. So if you've ever been reading the Tour Tracker race update, yeah. you think, this is a really funny, cool, brilliant person. That's Clara. It's, she's a former racer herself. She's on Twitter as Fern Coyote. And, and yes, hello. It is, it is because she is funny and cool and generally awesome. Also, Clara particularly loves it if you send her YouTube videos of weird musical things involving theremins. Just just saying pheromones theremins you know the electronic thing that you play with your hands where you've got the one that goes up over the antenna and the other goes over the look i'll i'll send you a video as well excellent i look forward to it well thanks for listening people enjoy worlds i hope you enjoy worlds as much as we do bye